Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. Do not forget to buy lentils, or the lentil soup you're making for dinner will be sorely lacking. By the way, Mrs. Calloway says thanks for helping her bundle home and auto. She appreciates the extra savings, even though you kept using the word apropos incorrectly. But the main thing is do not forget to buy, uh, what was it? Something apropos, the lentil soup. Sorry, I'll call you back. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. You are locked on Lakers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Harrison Fagan. We had recorded earlier this afternoon. We were set to go, uh, but right at the tail end, the very end of the show, and you'll kind of notice when Harrison kind of fades out a little bit, but right at the end of the show, we saw something cross both of our timelines that we wanted to see from a little bit more reputable of a source uh, before we before we thought we would touch on it. But it turns out that Lonzo Ball would prefer to play for the Lakers than get drafted first overall. So I, we both figured uh, we would wait to publish the podcast until uh, we found out or that, that we felt a little bit more comfortable running with that bit of information. We feel comfortable with it now. Uh, we are going to talk about that here in a second. But before we get to that, make sure you're following the show on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn, Stitcher, in today's fast break, use those promo codes on SeatGeek and Mac Weldon and go to blueapron.com slash LockedOnLakers to get your three free meals there. So like I said, we recorded the show, we were all done with the show, and you're still going to hear that show. We're just going to you know, edit around a couple things. We're going to lead with the Lonzo Ball stuff. Then we're going to touch on Glenn Carraro stepping down as assistant GM. Then Harrison uh, is going to you know, take us to... Uh, David Nwaba's busy next week or so. And then finally, at the very end, uh, I threw, I added just a tidbit on what Lakers fans should be watching for in relation to award season as this regular season wraps up. All right. Now that we have all that behind us, Harrison, go ahead and, and provide everybody with the news about Lonzo Ball. Okay. So he went on Sports Nation. And he was asked by Michelle Beadle if he would rather play for the Lakers or get drafted first overall. And he didn't even pause. He just goes, I'm going to go with the Lakers. All my family is in L.A., so to be able to play in front of them, I think that would mean more to me. That's – so it's funny. The last couple drafts, the Lakers, especially when the Lakers have drafted second overall, right, you heard those reports of like – you know, Carl Anthony Towns is considering not, you know, working out for the Lakers or whatever. And then next it was uh, Ben Simmons wanting or preferring the Lakers to the Sixers, whatever you, you know, whatever the situation might be. This is nothing new necessarily, right? 
but it's just more public yeah the the big the big difference here is that this is the actual player this isn't like the rumor mill where agents are are lobbing stuff you know throwing shit at the fan and hoping something sticks or at the wall you don't want to throw shit at fans uh but this is a the actual player who's going to be drafted probably in the top three definitely in the top five uh saying that he would rather go to the Lakers and go number one overall. And, you know, people are going to roll their eyes at the stuff, and it's a lot easier to say that now before knowing what the order or if, you know, the Lakers can actually draft Lonzo Ball. But this is this is this feels a little different. Yeah, well, it definitely feels different because it's on the record and it's coming straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. I mean, but before it was, like you said, it was these back – door like kind of leaks from you know like maybe it was agents maybe it was the players family members whoever just telling like reporters that yeah exactly Mm -hmm. like shoe reps just saying that they wanted to end up that this player wanted player x wanted to end up in la but this time it's lonzo himself going public and saying that and i'm not really sure that i can remember a draft pick saying anything like this publicly am i just like being uh like a millennial with no knowledge of nba history like have you seen something like this before well remember in the nfl eli manning was drafted originally by the uh by the new york giants or no, he was drafted by the the by the San Diego Chargers, and he said he wouldn't play there. He wanted to go to the New York Giants. That's why he isn't very popular in this, the city of San Diego, which doesn't matter anymore. But uh, in the NBA, the closest thing that comes to it is Kobe, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess even that, like he wasn't going on TV and saying I'd rather play for the Lakers. It was his agent like telling teams that he wouldn't play for them. Yeah, this and yeah that and and it was closer to the stuff we were talking about earlier, where it was this back channel. You know, this is what he prefers. He is not going to work out for. He actually wound up not working out for certain teams that were thinking about drafting him. And and the other difference here too is that Lonzo Ball is probably a better prospect than Kobe was back in the day, right? Kobe was. A relative. He's un- more highly regarded right now, yes, yeah. than Kobe was coming into the draft. Yeah, I'm not saying talking about where they were or where they are as the player, you know, entering the draft. I'm just talking about the hoopla that surrounded him. Yeah, I-, I remember when Kobe, when the Lakers made that trade, when they traded Vlade Divac for Kobe, it was a lot of wow. They're they're giving up a starting center for this guy. Now, lo and behold, they wound up signing Shaq. But it was it was an interesting move at the time. This. Uh, this doesn't feel that that wrong. It it makes a bunch of sense. He's from the area. Uh, he's also very, or his dad is very interested in the self promotion uh, of the big baller brand. Which that's the lamest name ever, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't they just call it the baller brand? Yeah, big makes it. Yeah, it's this is it this sounds is, very cheesy. This is baller clothing for fat people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like big pun can only wear this. Uh, but but yeah, this this feels. I mean, but like I said, it, it makes and it, it also makes like sense. it. It feels incredibly premature, especially coming on the heels of the Lakers pretty much solidifying that they're going to be the <laughs> third worst team in the NBA this year, rather than the second with that win over the Spurs. Yeah, thanks for reminding us. I'm just saying, like it feels really premature for him to be trying to force his way to a team that may not even have a draft pick. Maybe, you know... Or maybe, yeah, maybe he's trying to get himself to drop to 27. Yeah, maybe, or Palinka will find some clause that, that 
you know, states that if the Lakers lose a top three pick, they actually get to keep it because he'll, he'll uh, reinvoke the, the regional draft rights. Yeah. Or, or not. That'd be a good way to do it. Or I was just going to say like the NBA owes the Lakers one because the veto still sucks to this day. So yeah, that too. I can't uh, wait I also to get thought that. In that my it mentions. was kind of interesting that he used the opportunity to throw like a little bit of shade at Fultz saying that he thinks he can lead a team better than him. I feel like I'm more of a true point guard. I like to get my teammates involved. Obviously, he can too, but I feel like I can do it better. I already don't like him. True point guard stuff is annoying. <laughs> yeah, and especially considering he wasn't really a true point guard. You have to watch <laughs> one Lonzo Ball highlight video to figure that out. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't claim to have watched very much college basketball this year, but I've watched enough Lonzo Ball highlights. Like, he's not a true, quote-unquote, true point guard. Yep. Like, yeah. he he move, he plays plenty off the ball. He he gets a lot of his stuff on cuts. Like, he he's not this kind of Magic Johnson, I'm going to pound the ball into the ground and make every play for my teammates type guy. Yeah. Yeah, no. He's, he's no John Stockton. All right, that uh, that about does that discussion there. Now we're going to talk really quickly about Locked On Raiders. Uh, they they provide a very good show. Bill Williamson hosts it. Uh, there's a pretty nice faction of of Laker fans out there in Vegas. The Raiders are moving to Vegas. There's obviously a a very large faction of Raider fans in the greater LA area. So there's a lot of crossover between the two fan bases or the two uh, teams. So check out that podcast. It's part of the Locked On Network. Uh, it's every day, or every, your team every day uh, with a local angle. So uh, check that out. We're going to talk. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about Glenn Carraro, David Nwaba, and Paul George. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. Uh, all right, so we'll go ahead and start here, though. Uh, the Lakers' assistant GM, Glenn Carraro, resigns his position. And uh, I think, you know, for, for the first thing and first and foremost, I think this could have been seen coming, right? Yeah, I'd agree. That, that, sorry, I thought that was a rhetorical question for a second. But yes, I do think that uh, it, it's like, I think I saw you tweet about it, or I saw a lot of people probably tweet about it, but... Anytime a new GM, president, combo, whatever, there's a regime change or there's an ownership change kind of with Jeannie Buss more solidifying her power, you can kind of expect changes. And for someone, if he's – Glenn Carraro, he's been with the Lakers since 2000. And anybody who's been there that long obviously probably had a lot of loyalty to the past regime and it, at the very least worked pretty well with them. And so – I don't think that it should be a complete shock that he's moving on. And that doesn't necessarily mean anything bad about the new guys. It's just I, I think this kind of stuff happens when there's changes at the top. Yeah, I mean, just think about when when a head coach is hired, right? It's not like the assistant coach from the last regime holds over. You know, Unless that's just, they're Kurt Rambis. 
Unless yes, unless they're well, no, even that's even that's a little different, right? Because that's when a new coach is hired, and he brings a assistant coach with him. Yeah, sure. Offered to bring him back. I'm sure completely of his own free will. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but but I, I think the fact of you know Carraro's resignation shouldn't necessarily shock anyone. But I think the more interesting thing here is the direction that the Lakers go in in finding his replacement. Right. I mean, historically speaking, we would get in the next couple of days Ryan West uh, being promoted to Carraro's job or some other bus kid will be promoted to Carraro's job. And, you and just, just to be of, clear, we're not reporting this. We're just guessing. No, but but uh, that's kind of historically the way the Lakers have operated. They're, they're very insular. They prefer to promote from within and keep it within the Lakers family. Uh, but like I said, the thing you risk there. And this is what I wrote: is that you know you maintain insular thinking, you you find gaps or you create gaps in your organization by having everybody thinking along the same lines. Now, when Magic was hired, he said that he was going to bring in the smartest people to work with him, no matter what. I believe the phrase he used was that he wanted to find people smarter than him, right? So. Uh, that might lead me to believe then that maybe they cast a bit of a net here to find somebody. If if somebody had a gun to your head, and this would be a really weird situation to have a gun over your head for. You always go right to somebody has a gun to my head. I don't know why people are threatening me over these questions. You know, between this and the analogy, the, the, the hypothetical that I presented last time, I'm in a weird place I'm finding out. Yeah, I think I think you go, make some pretty dark analogies usually. <laughs> but But if you had somebody... Uh, you had to bet a hundred thousand dollars on this. Uh, which way would you lean? That they promote from within, or that they maybe look from the outside looking in? I think they're going to look from the outside looking in because I think that I I recognize the trends that you're the same ones that you're recognizing. Generally, the Lakers reward someone who's worked for them with a promotion up, and that can be looked at as a positive or negative quality in our organization, depending basically on results. But I think this case is slightly different just because Carraro was the Lakers cap expert. And even though Palinka is obviously he was partially hired because he was really good at the cap. And that's something that's been reported from numerous places that he was a guy that was pretty innovative in finding ways to make deals and things like that as an agent. And so he's obvious. And if you listen to him on Woj's podcast, he's he's obviously very well versed in the cap. And that's something that he understands well. And it's a document that he spent a lot of time reading over and trying to find loopholes in. And so, I mean, nobody really knows this new cap yet. But he's a guy that you can kind of trust to start to figure it out. But if the Lakers are going to look for an assistant GM that could fill Carraro's role of understanding the cap, they may have to go outside their organization because Jesse Buss, Ryan West, you know, neither of those guys are really cap experts. They're mostly scouts. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that maybe there's no possibility they could understand the cap or start to learn it. But that's not their bread and butter. That's not what they've been doing in the Lakers organization that's not been their primary role or their primary kind of thing that they take care of for the team and so that would make me believe that if they're going to fill this and they're going to look for someone to do the same thing then they'll go outside of the organization but what they may do is just rely on Palinka's cap expertise and just promote one of those guys to assistant GM to maybe take on some of the more traditional GM duties if Palinka's going to do a lot more of the cap stuff. 
I also think, I mean, the one thing that the Lakers front office, it's inarguable about their successes with that scouting team, right? Like yeah, I mean, you, you just you don't not even the top lottery picks because those guys should be good. But just look at the second round. Like, I know people are mad at Clarkson this year, but he's obviously like one of the best 46th overall picks ever. And finding Larry Nance Jr. late in the lottery when that was like widely panned and it went so well. And uh, the Avica Zubots thing has obviously went tremendously well. And, you know, you just go down this line and these guys can obviously find talent. They're good at n- noticing who is good at basketball. Yeah, so I, I would say, you know, kind of breaking up that scouting team for the sake of filling an assistant GM role, to me, when especially when there are so many people out there, like there, there are so many people out there who could, you know, who know the cap and understand it and could probably work. Palinka being an agent, he's worked with all of these teams, one would imagine. So I would imagine he would... He has an idea as to who in various organizations he would be interested in bringing on. Breaking up that scouting team to me just seems counterproductive. You know, that's... Well, do you kind of see what I'm saying, though, where if he can do more of the cap stuff oh, than yeah, maybe absolutely. Mitch and Jim were, that uh-huh. it would kind of make sense to give somebody that promotion who isn't necessarily going to do the same thing. They would still delegate the responsibilities out. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm, I mean, right now the Dodgers are playing in my in the background right now. Uh, they're beating the Padres. Shouts to Dodgers. Uh, I'm fans. glad once again you're paying full attention to me. I have ADD, dude. Like th- these things are. <laughs> <laughs> but but the Dodgers. If you look at their front office, they have Friedman. They have Farhan Zaidi. They got the guy from Toronto a couple years ago. The guy they hired from Toronto, I believe, was the defending GM of the year. <laughs> you know, so they they bring in now the Dodgers paid a pretty penny for all of that stuff, but in, you know for the Lakers. That's the one thing, if the Lakers have a bunch more money than all of these other organizations, that's the one thing there isn't a cap on. So why, you know, there's a market inefficiency there. Why, you know, kind of hamper yourself, or not hamper, but limit yourself with, you know, keeping it within the house, right? And there are so many, if there's another, if not an actual GM, but there might be another assistant GM who would want a louder voice in a room or whatever the case might be. Uh, I think there's a, what I hope here is that the Lakers show a little bit more creativity than they showed in the hirings of Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka. Are you thinking the same thing that I'm thinking then? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not thinking. I, I think they could hire an assistant GM for the cap if they wanted. No, to I was gonna say it's time to bring in Hinky. Dude, that would be fun. I mean, I saw Ben Rosales, a friend of the show, talking about this on Twitter today, so I, I have to admit that I'm stealing his idea. Uh-huh. And I don't know that necessarily Sam Hinkie would want to come in and be an assistant GM when you know he could probably get another GM job somewhere else at some point if he just waits and lets you know the Sixers rebuild play out and gets credit for all the stuff that went right there. Mm-hmm. But if the Lakers were willing to pony up and offer him like a fairly big deal to come in and be their assistant GM... I mean, I, I don't see why that's a bad idea. He's a guy that's – maybe he wasn't – it obviously wasn't, based on reports, the best relationship manager among agents and all of that stuff. And so maybe there – maybe that wouldn't be the greatest fit with Polinka. Maybe there was, like, bad blood there. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But, like, it, he was someone that by all accounts was a genius with the cap and with finding little market inefficiencies and – little way just little ways for the Sixers to win trades on the margins mm-hmm. and having somebody that's that creative with the CBA like that 
and is obviously by any metric a genius. Like you just have to read the features that have been written on him. Like he's an incredibly, incredibly smart guy. I don't see how bringing in someone like that could be a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, so long as happen, but like that's if I was the Lakers and I had Lakers money, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I would. I would 100% completely agree that that would be. That's the kind of move that, you know, maybe it's not very – I don't think it would go over very well with casual fans. But, like, the Lakers hired Magic Johnson. I don't think there is a move that they could have made that would appease casual fans that's more than that, right? So you Yeah, use, no, I mean, you're going to get the, the columns from the traditional sources about, yeah. you know, it, it's just like, oh, the Lakers are now embracing tanking and this <laughs> is the most shameful the organization has ever been and then they'll get over it. But yeah. – and it'll be like a sports radio talk thing. And anytime the Lakers go on a losing streak, they'll be like, well, you're seeing the hinky influence. But I I think that I don't think that that's the type of stuff that you can worry about when you're trying to build a smart organization. And hinky is not the only smart guy in the NBA. I, I just I don't have a lot of contact with assistant GMs or anything like that. So I don't know who necessarily would be the best candidates, but they're out there. Yeah. And I'm sure that the Lakers could offer them more than they're getting from their current team. And so maybe it's like you're right. There's a guy who wants a bigger voice in the room, who wants a bigger paycheck, something like that. I think that the Lakers could be an appealing spot for an assistant GM if they were willing to pony up a little bit. I I completely agree. And what I was going to say, though, regarding the the casual fans and, like you said, the traditional kind of uh, loudmouth, for lack of a better term, you're using the goodwill that you built up by hiring Magic, right? Like when when Magic was hired, you had all the columns of Lakers greatness and waxing poetic about the Lakers way has returned. Exactly, yeah. And now and now you know, for those guys to now turn around and write those columns after writing that would be laughably short sighted. So yeah, I, I think... it, it'll happen because that's what column writers do. Mm-hmm. That's their job is yeah. to inspire outrage. But you know, I, I think it's a lame job. Uh, last thing I wanted to touch on this, uh, and and I kind of tweeted about it. And actually, just it. really quick, mm-hmm. but uh, Palinka, after that report from Brian Windhorse, is among the higher compensated GMs in the league, and mm-hmm. so there there's actually a recent precedent for the Lakers paying a little bit more than most teams will pay for this type of help. Yeah, uh, the last thing I was going to say about this, and I tweeted about it, was how. You know, you're starting to see these these leaks coming out. You know, Woj is tweeting about these moves that the that the Lakers are making, and and uh, Windhorse is reporting on what Palinka might be making. All of those things, to me, continue to show that the Lakers are going to be a little bit leakier of an organization. I, th- I don't know. Magic said that they weren't going <laughs> to leak things, so clearly, I think like Woj has spy cams or he's like. <laughs> hired Russell to Snapchat him the Lakers like you know <laughs> personnel transaction sheet R- Russell has an account with one follower and it's Woj <laughs> <laughs> on a burner phone yeah, absolutely uh, so yeah I think it's really interesting we'll see where this we'll see where this kind of goes uh, and I and I do think you know usually there's a reluctance to overreact to a move or a move that could be made or whatever but I think depending on how the Lakers utilize this vacant assistant job, uh, GM job, uh, this is a good way to tell what the Lakers are going to be looking to do moving forward. So uh, there you have that. So Harrison, you know more about this stuff. You've been paying closer attention to this and just about everything else uh, <laughs> than, <laughs> than I have. 
But uh, tell me about David Nwaba's schedule and what you were talking to me about before we went live because I do think it's really interesting. Okay, so the Lakers have decided to make the interesting move of they've been they've assigned David Nwaba. By the time that you guys are listening to this, he play it. He will have played. He will either be about to play in or have just played in a defender's playoff game Thursday night. And that's right after playing pretty decent minutes in the Lakers' shocking win over the Spurs the night before. And so that's two games in two days, right? So, Anthony, does that sound that bad? I mean, it's it's not ideal, but... It's a back-to-back. Yeah. Okay, but now keep in mind that he drove three hours... Or he didn't drive. The Laker, the defender's GM drove him three hours after the Spurs game to to where Rio Grande Valley plays. I forgot the name of the exact city off the top of my head, but to where Rio Grande Valley plays, they took a three-hour drive right after the Spurs game, slept there, had he had tip-off in 17 hours from when he got to the hotel. So that's already like kind of a that's, – that's a tighter back-to-back than most NBA teams play, I'd say. And – then Luke Walton said at practice on Thursday that the plan is to have him play in the Lakers game Friday. So now we're on a back-to-back-to-back. And he said before that the plan is to have him play in the Defenders' playoff game. So the Defenders' second game of their three-game series against – possibly three best-of-three-game series against Rio Grande Valley is on Saturday. So that would be four games in four days, which I guess it's good to be young, right? And then the Lakers also play on Sunday. So is Nawaba going to play in that game? Because that would be five games in five days. <laughs> then if the Defenders playoff series goes to a decisive game three on Monday, which is if necessary. So if the Defenders or Rio Grande Valley win the first two games and sweep the series, then it won't be necessary and this won't be on the calendar. But Monday the 10th would be when their game three would be if necessary. So then all of a sudden you're at six games in six days for David Nwaba, possibly. Then the Lakers play Tuesday and Wednesday. but So that would be eight games in eight days if he actually played in all of those. That's insane. I mean, it is Nwaba mentality, right? Eight being the fitting number here. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's insane. And And I thought you brought up a good point, though, given how high a priority – rest has been made across the NBA, I wonder at some point that, you know, somebody steps in here and says, hey, uh, this probably isn't very good for this guy. Yeah. I mean, eight games in eight days would be insane, but it's not necessarily going to happen because I was talking to somebody and apparently what I've been told is that David Nwaba would have to be assigned to the defenders like fully by Tuesday to be eligible to play in the rest of the D-League playoffs. The defenders are the two seed in the Western Conference in the D-League, and so they're expected to go further than the first round. And so if Nwaba wanted to continue on with them, he'd have to be assigned to the team on the 11th and stay with them, which would mean he would miss the Lakers games on Tuesday and Wednesday, their last two games of the season, if he was going to continue on with the defenders in the playoffs and when their second round games would be is still not scheduled yet. It's going to be based on the other series and how their series shakes out and all that stuff. So there's a chance that he could, it seems more likely to me based on what I've heard that he would, there's only a chance that he would play in six games in six days. And that's not even guaranteed. He may not play in the Lakers game Sunday or the defenders may not have a game Monday or something like that. But, 
There's you a know, scenario. with all the reporting coming out about how much rest these guys need and how hard even back to backs are on a body, that that's that's potentially rough. Yeah. And it sounds like he's at least going to have a a back to back to back with the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday turnaround. And that's what... or actually back to back to back to back because I think he'll play Saturday as well. He and might. So that's well, kind of crazy. And I think what's also important to point out here is that the Lakers have, you know, D'Angelo Russell's banged up, Jordan Clarkson is banged up, Brandon Ingram is on a minutes restriction uh, reportedly. So it's not like he's going to be playing, you know, five, ten minutes in these games. Metal World Peace, his minutes may match his age by the end of this season. <laughs> and well, I mean, the other thing, the last thing here to take into account is the way Nwaba plays. He's not like a, a shooter who just kind of goes corner to corner. Or no, and he's not a guy that like takes defensive possessions off to rest yeah. either. He's he's well, especially in those D League games, one would imagine he's going to be matched up against the best player on the court in, in games. In general, that, the, that is how the defenders have used him. Yeah, and and those are in games that he's trying to win. That those teams are trying to win. You know, obviously the guys who are playing in the in the games for the Lakers, as they pointed out after the game last night, are all trying to win these games. You know, no matter who they're playing. But for the organization to be rolling out a, a lineup of Tyler Ennis, Nwaba, Brewer, Black, and Robinson, like that doesn't scream to me a team is trying to win a game, right? They just kind of, all right, go out there and see what happens. And it just so happens that they won. Uh, those defenders games are going to be their playoff games. So those guys are going to be going hard. And, you know, winning playoff games in, in, the, in the D League can go a fairly long way, one would imagine, in you know, getting GMs across the NBA to focus in on what uh, what's going on there, too. So there's a lot going on here. Yeah, the Sioux Falls Sky Force, who won the title last year, had a couple guys called up. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and even the defenders and ended up making it. And just, like, for context here, Nwaba's been playing almost 30 minutes a game in over his 40 D-League games. That's a, that's That's going to be... This will be something to keep an eye on. I, I do think at some point, hopefully... I think if he plays in the four and four nights, there's no way they can play him Sunday for the Lakers. Yeah, I would. I would completely. I I would. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to like get like have outrage at the organization here or something. But that would seem to me to be irresponsible. Uh, I'll just go out and say that playing him four games and four nights in and of itself is irresponsible. Moving forward, hell, three night, three games and three nights isn't a very good look. You know, you double that. Yeah, I mean, and... there's a reason NBA teams don't play three games and three nights. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. And then the last thing, I, I, I hadn't planned on talking about this when we first went on the air, uh, but something to keep an eye on as this season comes to an end are these all-NBA teams. Uh it doesn't look like Paul George is going to be on any of the all NBA teams. And for Lakers fans, this is something that you should be keeping an eye on. Uh, Because if he doesn't make an all NBA team, that means he either has to make one next year uh, or win, you know, defensive player of the year, or I think it's MVP uh, in order to be eligible for that super max extension, basically that if he's eligible for it, the Pacers will probably offer it to him and he will definitely take him up on the offer to make $40 million a year to play basketball. Uh, but if he doesn't make it this year, then, you know, if you're the Pacers, do you risk, you know, waiting to see how next year goes and, and seeing if he if he is eligible for the extension? Do you wait and see 
uh, how he wants to look at free agency as next year comes to a close. There's a lot going on here, and this offseason gets a hell of a lot more interesting if he doesn't get this, uh, if he doesn't make all NBA. And it also says something about the league that somebody of Paul George's talent level might not make an all NBA team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the league is in a good spot, I'd say. Yeah, I, I just, it, it kind of came across my timeline or whatever. And I, I thought it's, you know, we'll expand on it as the year goes along, but that's definitely something as, you know, we get into the last week or so of the NBA's regular season, you really want to keep an eye on how Paul George wraps up this year. If the Pacers make the playoffs, whatever it might be, uh, you really want to keep an eye on how this plays out. If you're a Laker fan and you want to see Paul George wearing your, your purple and gold. Yeah, I definitely think so. All right, so that does it for this Friday episode of the Locked On Podcast, uh, Locked On Lakers Podcast. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it this week. We we you know we messed around a little bit. Harrison messed around a little bit more than others. Um, <laughs> I I just can't get that like image of somebody portraying like straight and narrow Harrison in in that kind of setting. But anywho. We will be back after the weekend. Make sure you guys enjoy your weekend. And uh, I believe, do the Lakers play tomorrow night? I, I know you just said this. but The, Laker, the Lakers do play on Friday, yes. Yeah, yeah. so uh, watch that Lakers game. Either I or Harrison will be on Silver Skin and Rolls tweets. I'll be in Vegas. Uh, so if you're in Vegas, I'll wear a Raiders shirt or something. I won't wear a Raiders shirt. I hate the Raiders. Uh, but we will talk to everybody soon. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Anthony.